Michael Duke show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms uh, Friday. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com where we have uh, the audio only stream, the podcast uh, links, uh, links to our social media site and so much more. TGIFF. Thank goodness it's Firearms Friday, which is the one day a week that we dedicate to the Second Amendment and to discussions of uh, of a two-way nature. That's what it's all about here uh, in uh, on the big radio program. Uh, first and foremost, greetings and welcome from the cosmic hamlet by the sea. Uh, I am broadcasting live this morning from um, the Cowboy Suite. The Cowboy Suite. At Bear Creek Winery and Lodging, uh, they've got a couple bungalows here, which are just fantastic. And uh, I'm looking out uh, over the uh, trees into the beautiful Ketchumac Bay this morning as I get ready to uh, host the uh, the Bear Creek Music Festival, which is going on tomorrow, starting at 1 p.m. It's a benefit for uh, for student uh, <clears throat> for uh, student uh, scholastic scholarships. Uh, for those kids who uh, who excel, and uh, it helps them out for going to school. And uh, it's a great community event, great music, uh, food, and friends. And it's uh, I'm glad to glad to see it's back. It's been a couple of years, um, it, you know, since COVID times. Uh, but uh, this will be the I think the third time I've hosted it, and uh, looking forward to enjoying some time tomorrow with uh, everybody down here in Homer, uh, who's going to be part of it with us. So anyway, special thanks to uh, Bear Creek for putting me up here as uh, we enjoy uh, a little bit of cool and windy and cloudy. This is the state. I mean, the whole state right now is in this funk of, uh, you know, where's summer? <laughs> if, I, if I heard this once, I heard it about 30 times just yesterday. As uh, I transited, I met with some clients yesterday uh, up in the, uh, up in the Kenai area and was talking with people and it was just like, uh, man, where is the, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Let's hope fingers crossed <clears throat> that summer is eventually going to turn up. And, uh, I just hope it falls on a weekend. That's all I'm, that's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, you know, and, and then maybe we'll get an Indian summer too. I mean, you, if a guy's, I can dream, right? I can dream. That's what I'm hoping for. I can dream. So today on Firearms Friday, what do we got? Well, it's just you and me first and foremost. So we're going to talk uh, about some. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff and get kind of a feel for uh, what's happening around the country, and then uh, we're going to 
uh, take some phone calls, maybe uh, some open line, open form uh, about gun rights and gun stuff. And just kind of in general, we're just having a good time. We're just trying to we're just trying to let our hair down for the rest of the week. This is the this is our relaxation uh, session. I like to call it my weekly therapy session, you know, a little bit of two hour stuff. And then we're going to finish up the show today with Willie Waffle from Waffle Movies. Dot com, who's going to come on board and share with us and talk about um, uh, talk about the streams and the entertainment news. And it's just a little bit of a lighter side. It's a lighter side thing where we can relax and hang out and, and do whatever it is, uh, just to kind of get the kind of get the weekend started. So what are some of the um, uh, uh, what are some of the. Um, uh, stories that we're going to be talking about here um, today. Well, there's some there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. There's some head scratchers and more. Um, Hunter Biden's back in the news this time, uh, embracing embracing a a, a a a legal defense that utilizes that utilizes a court decision that his father said was an affront to the Constitution. Um, his, his, it was a travesty. The, uh, when the, when the Supreme court decided last June, uh, that the Bruin decision was, you know, g- gave that decision, the Hunter, uh, uh, Hunter Biden's dad, you know, Joe, he said, uh, that the second amendment rights, the expansion of that was a travesty. It's a travesty for gun control. And, uh, he denounced it as uh, just a horrific slap in the face to many other, you know, the president. Uh, they, the, the president had a lot to say. Let's just put it that way. But his son has decided that this is to be a great approach, uh, and his lawyers are all about it. Um, it looks like he didn't care about the laws on the books back in the day, pretty much in any way. I mean, this is back in his. We're talking, of course, about all the pictures and the information that came off of his laptop, the Justice Department is still trying to decide whether or not to bring charges. He's facing potential charges for violating the law regarding being a drug owner and uh, and, fi- and having firearms and having filled out a 4473 and, and lied under things that he wasn't using illegal substances and everything else. Um, <clears throat> but si- his attorneys are now citing the Brune decision in an effort to keep those charges at bay, according to the New York Times. To Hunter Biden's father, the Supreme Court decision last June that expanded Second Amendment rights is a travesty for gun control. But to Hunter Biden's lawyers, it's been an opening. In the months after the court's landmark ruling that gave people a broad right to carry guns outside the home, Mr. Biden's lawyers told Justice Department prosecutors, who were investigating whether to charge him in connection with a gun purchase, that a prosecution of him would likely be ruled moot, according to two people briefed on the matter. While it's not uncommon for defense lawyers to point to shifting precedents to stave off prosecution, the circumstances of this argument, like so many elements of the Hunter Biden saga, are striking. A president's son is invoking a court decision his father has described as an affront to common sense and the Constitution, and staking that claim on a majority opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas, a vigorous supporter of gun rights, whom many Democrats see as having helped enable the gun lobby. The U.S. attorney in Delaware, David C. Weiss, is wrapping up his investigation into Hunter Biden 
as uncertainty mounts about the legality of many gun laws after the court's landmark ruling last summer, which has led to a wide-ranging assault on existing firearms laws. Mr. Biden is under investigation for several potential offenses, including whether he lied on a federal firearms application in 2018 when asked if he was addicted to drugs. His lawyers, including the white-collar defense lawyer Christopher Clark, have argued that any charge against him would likely be thrown out after federal appeals uh, courts rule on two major challenges that cite the Bruin decision as precedent. Now, here's part of the problem. I mean, first and foremost, there is the delicious, delicious irony of this whole situation. The one court decision that the president has uh, argued is uh, just, oh, it's an affront to the Constitution. His son is now using to try and dodge a legal bullet. The problem, though, is that uh, while there are a lot of gun control laws on the books that will you know, probably be... Uh, probably be uh, cut to the curb by the Bruin decision. The prohibition on gun ownership by habitual drug users may not be one of them. In several of the cases that we've discussed over the last, uh, uh, I guess, couple, three months here, there have been several instances uh, of historical firearms laws that prevent the possession of firearms by people who were continually intoxicated. Now, they talked about intoxication, and it was in regards to alcohol, but this this may not be something that he can dodge the bullet on in that way because he was a noted crack user, right? I mean, this is not like this is in his own photographs. You can see what's going on that. Furthermore, all these actions against Hunter uh, don't have to be just gun charges. If you go back to the New York Times article again in the final things there where they were talking about, he's under investigation for several potential offenses, including whether he lied on a federal firearms application. Now, regardless of what Bruin said, and this is what we've talked about in the past when it comes to, for example, in this state, legal marijuana usage. Uh, It may be legal at at a state level to use marijuana, but according to the feds, If you use marijuana in any way, shape, or form, and you go to a gun dealer and fill out a 4473 uh, to purchase a new firearm, you are committing and say that you are not using illicit substances like marijuana, which is still illegal at the federal level. You just committed a felony. You you perjured yourself on a federal form, which is a, love it or hate it, that's the the deal. That That is a felony. And here is, again, Hunter Biden. He filled out that form, and uh, you're lying under oath, and no matter what, um, I don't think that that would be impacted by Brune at all in uh, in this way. But the whole thing that is hysterical about this, of course, is the utter hypocrisy of President Joe Biden absolutely trying to demonize the fact that the Brune decision came out uh, with such a clear-cut um, you know, with such a clear-cut uh, methodology and a clear victory for gun owners in uh, in the United States, and what a bad thing it was! Again, just a you know, uh, absolutely shameful, and and yet his son uh, has no problem using it, using a decision he apparently believes is wrong to try and get his own tail out of a crack. It's it's astonishing. It is, uh, I mean, just again, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. Um, 
And I doubt anybody's going to get, I doubt anybody's going to get a quote from the president on this one, but, uh, it is, uh, it is a typical, typical hypocrisy of, uh, of the left and the elites and the anti-gun crowd that this is, this is, this is, well, it works for us. We're, we're, you know, do as we say, not as we do, do as we, okay. All right. We'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll just do that. Uh, all right. Anyway, we've got more coming up. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, we're going to go ahead and throw the phone lines open this morning. If you would like to sound off and be part of it, uh, you can uh, do so right now. We're going to go ahead and open those lines up for discussion. Any firearms topic is fair game this morning, 907-433-3150. Uh, we also want to say a special thanks to our friends at Satellite West. We're down here uh, on, uh, they're everywhere in the state, and I'm down here on the peninsula, and they could be here. I could make phone calls, send text messages, send emails from anywhere, whether it's Seldovia to Selawick, whether it's Sitka to um, Selden. I mean, wherever you want to go, they have got the tools and the talent to make it happen. You can go to SatelliteWest.com and check out all the details and their local dealers down here. It's uh, on the spit. It's Radar Alaska, just a few miles here from where I'm sitting. Uh, Radar Alaska in the spit is their local uh, dealer here down in Kodiak, and you'll find one in your own local area as well, safe and sound in Anchorage and uh, Soldatna um, and more. So go go check it out. Okay, uh, we're up against the break, so let's uh, let's let's do what we got to do. We'll go take a break. And we'll see what uh, has to happen here in just a few minutes. Maybe we'll take some phone calls. I got some other stories to discuss, including you heard about this shooting of the mugger in New York, right? Well, now it turns out that uh, they're going to prosecute the uh, 65-year-old man who was attacked by a 32-year-old mentally ill person uh, with a with a pen. Uh, but the the interesting thing about this is the family of the mugger is saying they're not blaming the they're not blaming the man defending himself. They're blaming the state of New York. We'll talk about that and more. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Hi. How are you? I just realized I forgot to hook something up that I needed uh, for the commercial breaks. It was late last night when I finally was able to crawl into bed. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those things. Uh, so let let me let me go fix this here real quick, okay? Just you you go 
Talk amongst yourselves for just a moment. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Let me hook this up and uh, we'll be back, okay? Okay. All right. I mean, see, I needed the, I mean, I literally had to hook up the box and I forgot to do it. Oh, it was such a long day yesterday. Such a long day wearing so many hats uh, uh, yesterday. It was, uh, it was amazing. All right. Um, let's see what you guys have been talking about here this morning. No live stream. Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel. I did not start the live stream this morning. Again, not nearly enough copy to get all that uh, going on. Let me see. Can I... I've only got 53 windows open on the computer right now. So let me see if I can open 54 here to get the... Uh, <sighs> reorganize my desktop. I'm doing everything on one screen. Normally, I have four screens. This morning I have one screen, and uh, it's always a little more difficult when I'm doing it remotely um, because there's never enough real estate to see everything at once, you know, on the screen, what you need to do. Uh, let me see here. Oh, burp, burp. There we go. Got it. Okay, let me, thank you, Daniel. I should have, oh, there it is right there. Okay, and connected. Live streams up. So that, I mean, it was that easy. Literally forgot to click on a couple of the most important things of what's going on. You just uh, packed up your studio, moved it with you, says Hawk. Well, it's a little more difficult than that. I mean, again, when I'm doing things in the studio, I have two different PCs. Plus, like I said, a bunch of other stuff and hardware and equipment and monitors. And I'm doing all this on a laptop uh, with a mixer and a little bit of a lesser camera and some other things. Are we really talking about firearms today, says Brian? I don't know why we wouldn't be. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Joe Biden, he's innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> Brian, Brian says, hypocrisy from the political class? No, that's standard fare. That's standard fare. Um, hold on a second here, folks. Hello?
Okay. Ah, uh, hey, how you doing? Let's uh, let's get this thing. Uh, let's get this thing going on. Here we go. Okay, you try and get it all working, you try and get it all working and, uh, you know, just doesn't always work out for you. Welcome back to the program, it is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. You guys uh, all ready? You all ready to do it? Um, let's, uh, let's continue ahead, shall we? We will continue ahead here, uh, with discussions and commentary and more for Firearms Friday with the phone lines being open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. So <laughs> talking about Hunter Biden and the hypocrisy of that whole deal, um, it's it's just astonishing. Uh, a couple other things that have been obviously headlined up in the news and have been making big headlines. Of course, the ghost gun, uh, the ghost gun thing, and Polymer eighty, which uh, was in a legal battle with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Polymer eighty uh, sells a eighty percent polymer uh, AR fifteen. Um, uh, 80% receiver kit, the so-called ghost guns, right? Uh, and we've heard the politicians talk about this the whole time. Politicians are talking about, oh, how it's, it's a crazy, such a threat, and we're all going to die from the ghost guns in the cities and everything else. Um, but, of course, the numbers don't seem to be proving that out. And, uh, you know, if you look back um, over the course of uh, what was the number here? It was just, it was amazing. When Illinois was set to pass its own ghost gun ban here just a little bit ago, we learned just how few people have actually been killed with such weapons. Uh, now, in, uh, in this was a year ago, uh, but in the six years up until that point, there had been to- a total in six years, a total of 325 homicides nationwide. They were carried out with the so-called ghost guns. Now, they've been talking about ghost guns so much, I'm sure that many, many more people have gotten involved and are probably building kits and probably the educated criminals on probably how to do all that as well. Uh, I mean, they're, the media keeps talking about it, and though it's like marketing for criminals, you know, figuring out an opportunity to go out and do things. But uh, Los Angeles has a ban on... Uh, on such kits, these ghost gun kits and parts. And as such, they sued Polymer 80, uh, which supplies such kits, for violating the city law. Now, they have settled the lawsuit, uh, according to uh, My News LA. They have settled the lawsuit. Los Angeles City Attorney Heidi Feldstein Soto announced a $5 million settlement on Tuesday in a lawsuit against Nevada-based Polymer 80, 
permanently prohibiting the company from selling its ghost gun kits in the state without first conducting background checks on buyers and serializing its product. As part of the settlement, the company is going to have to pay $4 million in civil penalties, and then the two founders have got to pay an additional $1 million in penalties. According to the press release, which I'm sure they held on the town, I heard they, they held on the steps of City Hall with people looking on and cheering. This settlement holds Polymer 80s and its founders accountable, keeps guns out of the hands of prohibited people, makes L.A. neighborhoods safer, and will help law enforcement do their jobs. More, more, more than, than 16,000 people have been killed by gun violence so far in 2023. This is an important step towards preventing unnecessary deaths, especially as Congress repeatedly fails to take action. How many of those 16,000 people were killed with ghost guns? I mean, that really should be the... I mean, if you were a reporter that was worth their salt, worth their metal in any way, shape, or form, that would be the first question that you'd ask. How many of those people were actually killed? Of the 16,000 people, how many were killed with ghost guns? Good luck getting them to actually answer that question, though. Right? I mean, that would be the... Because the, if, if, if only 325 people nationwide were killed in a six-year period... So what is that? 50 people a year, 58 people, 54 people a year. So if 16,000 people were killed, how at this point, you know, halfway into the year. So how many people was that? I just love how they use these hyperbolic numbers to discuss. And and again, this goes back to an old maxim that we haven't talked about on the program in quite a while. But the old maxim of this program is, is that gun grabbers always lie. Now, sometimes it's a lie of omission. Sometimes it's a lie of, uh, you know, of, of inclusion where they're including, like, for example, suicide numbers in the, uh, in the rate of gun fatality rates and things like that. Sometimes it's uh, a lie of, um, of uh, you know, where, where they are basically substituting one thing for another, right? What do they, what do they call it? I'm having a, I'm having a senior moment here. Uh, basically... They're saying 16,000, and then by basically they're implicitly saying, oh, well, the 16,000, those were all killed with ghost guns, right? I mean, even though we know that that number is, you know, it's a half a percent of half a percent of half a percent at that point. So, you know, ghost guns are not a real threat, but keep pumping the pump on that, and I guess they could be. Uh, I guess uh, criminals will figure out that, well, if this is the thing that we're supposed to be doing, then I guess this is what we should be doing. Ghost guns are uh, be a huge thing. Now, I feel bad for Polymer 80 on this deal. Um, there's probably a reason uh, Polymer 80 settled this lawsuit because, uh, for those of you who don't know, they've got a lot going on because they're also battling the federal government over their ghost gun uh, crackdown, the ATF's redefinition of specific parts as firearms, which, I mean, based on what's happening, we're going to get into this here in just a bit with the arm brace ban and the bump stock ban and some of these other things. I think Polymer 80 may see a little sunshine on the horizon on this, but they've got a lot of different, I mean, they're getting attacked from pretty much every angle at this point. From every direction, they're facing battles from every direction. And so they've got a lot going on. And it was probably cheaper in the long run for them to just, uh, you know, make this uh, make this agreement 
and then, uh, you know, then to try and continue to fight it. Because let's face it, the city of Los Angeles, oh, they would have gone to the mats on this one. They would have gone to the mats on this one like no other. Uh, anyway, the city of Los Angeles is just deluding itself for them to say, we're, oh, we're so much safer. They're no safer now than they were uh, before. Ghost guns are not the problem. Ghost guns are not. And quite honestly, even just guns themselves are not the problem. The problem are criminals because they break the law that by their very definition. If you've got this soft on crime approach, which many of the large cities are taking on more and more, if you've got a soft on crime approach and you're not blaming the people who are actually doing the crime, you're blaming, you know, blaming circumstances or you're blaming the firearm or you're blaming, you know, blaming something else. Then there, I mean, this is what's going to happen. Criminals are the problem. Um, if they don't get guns from stealing them, if they don't get guns from buying them on the black market, if they don't, I mean, maybe they'll get it, uh, you know, and maybe this will prevent one or two guns from falling into the hands of criminals, but they'll just go get them somewhere else. It's not that difficult. I'm always reminded about the John Stossel interview. Um, you know, where he interviewed um, criminals in prison. He had a group of them in a room and he was asking questions. And one of the questions that he asked this group of career criminals who were in prison, and this is a very candid interview, he asked them, you know, how long um, before, you know, when you, if you got released today, how long could it be before you had a gun? And less than 90 minutes. That was the answer. Less than 90 minutes, they could have a gun on the street, be ready to go in less than 90 minutes. So taking away, uh, first of all, do you understand it? This is not, I love how, uh, I love how um, Joe Biden portrays this as if, you know, you could sit down at your kitchen table with some duct tape and a butter knife uh, and, a, and a can of super glue and you could create a gun in five minutes. If you have ever done any kind of gunsmithing or anything like that, or any kind of home hobbyist stuff, this is not an easy thing because it has to be precise. It has to, it has to have some precision, right? It has to, it requires tools. And usually you, I mean, I I've seen people do some of this stuff with, with hand tools, but I mean, it's gotta be, you know, again, this is not an easy thing. And when they say, readily convertible in a half hour to a firearm, I'm like, ooh, you guys got access to a full machine shop and, you know, machinists who know what they're doing? Because maybe, uh, but the average home hobbyist, mm, it's not going to be like a 30-minute deal. Criminals are lazy. I mean, that's why they do what they do, right? They don't want to work. They want to steal it from you. So they are lazy. They're not going to sit down and try and figure out how to build guns. They're going to steal them from somebody else. This is not going to be the uh, this is not going to be the you know arms du jour for most criminals, unless they're creating a criminal enterprise where they want to crank them out. But at that point, why go with kits if you've got access to a full machine shop? Remember what happened in Australia, right? Australia, we're always being that's always being thrown up in the gun culture's face. Well, we should be more like Australia. Australia is. I mean, regardless of the fact, the fact that the murder rate in Australia climbed significantly after their gun buyback and that violent crime in general uh, was also a larger problem as they went through. 
Um, the one thing that they seem to forget is that once those things are outlawed, uh, in for a penny, in for a pound, then only the outlaws are going to care about it, and they'll go whole hog. Uh, if you don't remember the story from about 10 years ago of a huge crime wave sweep, sweeping the country of Australia and the police going in and doing raids, and like in Sydney, they found whole gangs, right, criminal gangs, had taken over machine shops and they were creating not ki- I mean they were kit gun I mean they were not name brand manufacturing they were making machine guns in the machine shops and passing them out to their to their you know selling them to their criminal contacts using them themselves and selling their yeah, full auto machine guns because I mean you know in for a penny in for a pound and it doesn't have to be just a polymer deal criminals are going to break the law how how many I don't know how many ways to say that. That is what they're going to do. Um, but anyway, this is, uh, you know, Polymer 80 is taking it on the chin a little bit here. But hopefully, uh, with all the other decisions that we're seeing in this post brune world, including the uh, pushback on the bump stock ban and now an injunction that is coming up on the uh, arm brace, um, I think uh, this is actually some good news on the horizon for companies like Polymer 80 who produce these 80% kits to maybe not be, um, you know, in such the targeted limelight at this point. So, um, all right, we're 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 coming up on the break. Now, we're going to see this time if we actually, some of you didn't go to break. Some of you hung around with us. You got to see behind the scenes. That's That's amazing. I mean... Feel good about that. You got to see behind the scenes. We're going to continue here in just a moment. I'm going to push the button a lot harder this time. The Mike, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Willie Waffles coming up at the end of the next hour. Don't forget about that. We'll be back with more. Enjoy a little bit of that. And uh, your phone calls if you want to sound off. 907 433 3150. We continue. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking gun radio. Up next on The Michael Duke Show. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. I think we actually went to break that time. I pushed the button a lot harder. I, you know, I don't know. Okay. Oh, I forgot to turn on the timer. Okay. Uh, hey, 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 hey. No, right there. Timer. Time it. Time it. Okay. Uh, let me check. Let me check in. Let me check in with the boss here to see. Uh, did it? Uh. Uh, go this uh, time. Uh, oh, there we go. We'll see what that says. Okay. Because uh, one trigger I pushed remotely, one I didn't. I, I don't know. I, I it's There's not enough coffee in the world for me this morning. Yep. All right. Worked this time. Everything worked. It's radio. Nobody's going to die, but we still would like to be professional. And I still only have one screen, so I'm desperately trying to get back to the chat here to see what's going on. Um, uh, okay. Uh, 
Why can't I? Okay, there we go. How about the Fifth Circuit injunctions? Jeannie, we're going to talk about that here. Uh, South Central Radar. Did I, what did I say? Radar Alaska? South Central Radar. Okay, there we go. Um, how many suitcases do you haul in that Cooper? Um, it's a backpack. It's a, it's a big soft-sided range bag, uh, briefcase, and, uh, it's a hard case. It's two hard cases, two smaller hard cases. It's, it's actually pretty compact. It's amazing how, what you can do these days with technology. It is amazing. Literally the entire show is my laptop bag and a single hard case. Um, I mean, it's like a small suitcase size hard case and then another smaller box. Um, you should, MD, you should be sipping some Bear Creek wine this morning. What are you, what are you talking about? I mean, that's breakfast. That's juice. That's just juice. Little breakfast juice, little strawberry waterman, watermelon breakfast juice, juice. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Come on, man. Don't, uh, don't fail me now. Give me the full screen. There we go. Okay. Sorry. Normally I have all this stuff up in front of me at once and I don't have to cycle through all the screens. Um, uh, the rhubarb is pretty tasty. Uh, rhubarb wine. Oh yeah, it's good. Absolutely good. Bear Creek makes some amazing stuff. Um, uh, ask yourself how many firearms used in homicides are actually recovered. That's a good question. I mean, it would be interesting to know the actual statistics. I can't imagine that it's a hugely high number. Um, but I imagine that, uh, you know, they want to make it sound like they, they recovered them all. But I mean, I can't imagine that it's a, a hugely high number as far as that goes. Um, I would say the influx of foreign criminals is going to increase the crime rate. Um, no. Yeah. Ask Chris Howard about guns in Australia. Yeah, exactly. Um, bombs are easier to make than guns as Hawk. I mean, that's, I, I guess that's, but they're a little bit more indiscriminate at that point. Uh, criminals by definition break the laws. Yes. That's what we've been doing here. Any guests today? No, it's just me. Um, uh, we're still scrolling through the whole thing. We had to get uh, and half that firearms and laundry for the better half. Okay. No fish in Seward right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, this whole this whole weather thing right now is so crazy. Forty one degrees in my house on uh, Wednesday. It was a little warmer yesterday, but only by a couple degrees. And I get down to Homer, and it is like, this is like April weather on June. June 1st is like April weather. So. All right, I'm all caught up on all the discussion. And we are one minute out. From being able to, good golly, Miss Molly. 
I got to get me one of those little traveling screens. There's a, there's a, there's a, I've used these for the radio station for some of the remote setups that we have for the radio station where you put another screen on the back of your laptop screen and it slides out off to the side. So then you have two screens. If I had two screens, it would make it that much easier. This one screen thing is about to drive me to drink. All right, we're coming up on it. We're 20 seconds out. Please like and share the show, like and follow the show page. Uh, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things, do all the stuff and things. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Um, that's 30 seconds right there. So we're 30 seconds out right now uh, from rejoining. And don't forget to check out the Common Sense Corps. to continue here are discussions of a Second Amendment nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. And the phone calls or phone lines are open if you would like to uh, sound off and join us this morning. We'd love to hear what you have to say uh, for any kind of firearm discussion and more. Feel free to feel free to peel, pull up a chair and uh, hang out with us around the old, uh, you know, I always kind of picture it as being, you know, you're at the old you're at the old corner store with a pot-bellied stove and the grumpy old man sitting around the stove or sitting out on the front porch, uh, you know, sipping coffee and and uh, smoking cigars or whatever and just pontificating on all the problems of the world. That's kind of how I picture my... That's how, when I do... <coughs> man, I crack myself up. When I do Q&A uh, on the show sometimes, that's kind of how I picture it. We're just here trying to solve the problems of the world. Oh, all these young whippersnappers, we've got all the answers, but uh, we love to talk about it. That's uh, that's how I feel uh, while, we're, uh, while we're out there talking about it. But the number to call, by the way, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear what you, uh, what you have to say uh, about that and more. So we were just talking about the um, uh, Polymer 80 court case and how they're in a big battle about the so-called ghost guns and, you know, how kits and parts are now being reclassified willy-nilly by the ATF. Um, and we may have some good news. First and foremost, in an unlikely, uh, an area that you may not have expected, kind of an unlikely turn of events, the um, uh, the there was a case in front of the Supreme Court that had nothing to do with guns. And it was Sackett versus the EPA. Uh, and for those of you who have been following this for years, the Sackett family had uh, been fighting the EPA over a wetlands issue. And interestingly enough, um, the judge, and there's been several uh, Second Amendment uh, YouTubers and, and legal scholars that have 
touched on this briefly, but the Sackett decision, which basically found in favor of the Sackett family and saying that the EPA was overreaching their mandate that Congress had laid down and that they were basically making laws under themselves, which we've been talking about this on the program for years, that all these bureaucracies and agencies, that Congress has basically abrogated their responsibilities in so many ways uh, because it's hard to make laws that are fair and instead had just been delegating uh, through neglect, benign neglect, uh, the actual rulemaking components of laws to these bureaucracies and these agencies. And now we've seen this is the third or fourth case in just the last year where the courts have decided that no federal agency, in this case the EPA, you do not have the right to regulate all these waters and wetlands under the Clean Water Act uh, of uh, from Congress. That does not it does not transfer you the right on this. Uh, this is a case that's been going on for like a dozen years, uh, and many of the you know people who are smarter than me as far as legal opinions and stuff go says this actually does have ramifications back on Second Amendment issues because it falls back on what has just happened recently with the uh, bump stock decision and some of the decisions <clears throat> that we're seeing out of the various courts on the pistol brace decision, where the judges have basically said, ATF, you do not have the authority to reclassify specific things that are named in law as firearms, and now you're adding to that list through basically through bureaucratic fiat. If the if the if the law written by Congress says a firearm is X, you can't say, oh, and by the way, Y, Z and A and A and B and B and all these other things, they're also firearms. No, no, because that's just not within your scope of authority. And we're seeing more and more of those things happen um, across the country. And it's been it's been enlightening. Like I said, I don't care about bump stocks. I think that they're, you know, novelty tool toys more than tools. But I do care about pistol braces because I think that that's an important tool for people who, especially those who, uh, you know, wounded veterans and others and, you know, people who uh, need a little bit of help if they're going to use a, a, a rifle caliber pistol. Um, and so that ruling has been uh, argued and been uh, uh, and, and have been litigated in many different courts. And most recently, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals came back with a decision that said, uh, OK, um, because the ATF's new pistol brace rule is uh, went into effect uh, yesterday, June 1st. Uh, you had until the 31st of May to register your brace-wielding uh, firearm as a short-barrel rifle for free, but you still had to register it, or you had to remove it and make it basically non-functional, the brace itself, um, although... Again, Dettelbach said under testimony in Congress, say, oh, you could just take it and put it in, just as long as they're separate. Again, we had that whole discussion last week. But the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals basically came out and said, uh, no, that's not how it works. Now, we discussed this briefly last week that in these two cases, there was two different uh, cases that came about on this. Both of them basically had very limited injunctions. It wasn't a broad injunction against uh, the, the law being implemented, but it's actually larger than it was initially thought. 
The ATF's new rules requiring owners of pistol bracing, uh, pistol stabilizing braces to either register their brace equipped pistols or destroy permanently disable is now in effect. But hundreds of thousands of gun owners across the country are exempt from the edict, at least for now, thanks to lawsuits brought by the Firearms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation. Last week, a panel on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals granted an emergency injunction against the new rule as it applies to the named plaintiffs in the case. That's Mock v. Garland. And while there is some initial confusion about the scope of that ruling, the judge later clarified that the injunction not only covers Maxim Defense and the Firearms Policy Coalition as an entity, but all Firearms Policy Coalition members as well. And then on Wednesday, just hours before the rule took effect, a second judge issued a similar ruling in a case called SAF versus ATF, clarifying that her own recent injunction applies to all members of the Second Amendment Foundation as well. So I got some questions for you. I just, let me just say, I got some questions. So uh, are you breaking out your checkbook this morning and are you sending a, are you sending a membership fee to both the Second Amendment Foundation and the Firearm Policy Coalition? Because that would essentially exempt you from, from this law as they continue to litigate it. I mean, this is not just good news. This is great news. And it's not just good news for the FPC and SAF members, uh, but including the membership of those organizations in the determinations by the judges, they are acknowledging the justices or the judges are acknowledging that there is real harm that's going to come to law-abiding gun owners if this ATF rule is enforced against them. Now, remember, again, this is kind of this rulemaking and a lot of this other stuff is very obscure to most people who are not really plugged into the gun culture. Right. I mean, you saw if you if you watched any bit of the testimony of Dettelbach in front of Congress, it was very obvious that even he was was misleading or putting out false information, maybe knowingly, maybe not knowing the average gun owner who's bought a pistol brace because it's cool and gee whiz or maybe because they actually need it for something may have no idea that this law has got into effect because they're not die-hard gun culture people following the ins and outs and vagaries of the law. And so you are simply creating a situation where many of these people are going to become criminals inadvertently, and uh, you are creating a, I mean, a, a, what could be a catastrophic event for many people. Uh, but this is great news, though. Uh, because it's understanding that real harm could come to law-abiding gun owners if the ATF rule is enforced. Now, it may have been better for the Fifth Circuit panel or Boyle, the Judge Boyle, to simply grant the injunction against any enforcement, but that's not how usually it's piecemeal. The wheels of justice turn slowly. Uh, and unfortunately, we're usually on the, you know, we're on the slow end of that stick and it takes us longer to get stuff done, but... I'm seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Again, between the bump stock ban uh, being ruled as an overreach and uh, some of these other justices saying that the uh, ghost gun stuff is potentially the same and then brewing on top of it. Oh, man. We could be looking at some good... We could be looking at some really, really good stuff moving forward. I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of excited about seeing where this goes in the next few years. Uh, in a post-Bruin world. 
So I'd love to hear what you have to say this morning. You guys have been awfully quiet. Reach out, talk with us. We got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead. Willie Waffle will be joining us to talk about the weekend movies and entertainment review. I'm broadcasting live from the Cowboy Suite at Bear Creek Winery and Lodging in beautiful Down Homer on the peninsula. Come join us. Say hi at the Bear Creek Music Festival tomorrow, benefiting the Kids Scholarship Fund. We'll be back with more in Hour 2 right after this. how many windows I have up at one point. Um, she said, uh, Debbie said, I noticed a meme. I did not write this. The picture was of a rock and a pistol. And it had a quote that said, when Cain killed Abel with a rock, God did not confiscate all the rocks. God blamed Cain, not the rock. I mean, this is something that, I mean, that's a, that's a boiling down of what we've been talking about for all that, uh, all the whole time is that we should be blaming the criminal and not the tool. You know, I mean, a, 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 a gun is, I mean, right. It's not good nor evil. It's agnostic. It's, you know, right in the middle. It's just simply a tool. It can be used for in, in any way for good or for evil. That's uh that's a hundred percent. Right. And you're right, Jeannie. I'm sorry. I forgot the Tipton injunction as well that includes GOA members. So I hope, I, I mean, I'm a lifetime member of the GOA. I hope m- many of you are already throwing money at the SAF, the FPC, and the GOA. Uh, didn't they offer up a room in exchange for that? Pl- no, they had the room to begin with. I had the room to begin with. It had nothing to do. Um, uh, with, uh, with that, let me see. Um, I'm scrolling backwards here to see. Um, Jeannie Longo, don't know if it was functioning. They recovered a ghost gun in the value bill parking lot in Anchorage. So they apparently exist, said Brian. That was a, boy, I'd cite, give me the source on that. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. Then Jeannie asked the question. She says, that begs the question, if it was discarded, did it actually work? Which, I mean, I think is a valid question. Because, again, this is not something that, I mean, they make it sound like you can go under, you know, with some duct tape and some nail polish and a, uh, you know, and a couple toothpicks and a tongue depressor. Uh, you can make this firearm in 10 minutes on your kitchen table. Uh, yeah, maybe if you want, I mean, I could create a gun out of hardware parts that would work once, right? But I mean, you're talking about creating a firearm that is consistently working. Um, Brian then went on to say he didn't know if it was functioning. Fed did a buy, got three long guns, 
The ghost gun was also an SBR, so they also got clapped out of AK-47 and sketchy-looking AK-74. Brian, send me the link on that. I'm interested to find out more about that. Um, okay. Um, scrolling down here, where are we at? All right, thanks for the reminder. Um, going down, going down, going down. Uh, did you get breakfast in bed in the cowboy suite? No, I did not get breakfast in bed, but I do have a certificate to go have breakfast down at a local restaurant because I stayed here and I got a beautiful bottle of wine, which I did not drink for breakfast. Still here, still working. Harold is still stuck on the whole cooking, cooking and baking segment. I mean, I'm with you. That's, that's, I'm with you. The only thing that I miss while I'm here is my freaking chair. My, my office chair. <laughs> I, I need an office chair uh, in here. Because this kitchen chair is, uh, I could sit here and have breakfast, but now we're going on to two hours and my, uh, my, uh, my backside is going to sleep. My backside is going to sleep. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to find a pillow or something, swap something around. Be right back. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Uh, let's do it. Here we go. Okay, that's a little bit better. A little bit better. <laughs> I got a couch pillow on the chair now. I mean, I know it's probably more than you wanted to know, but uh, that it's better. I'm a little bit higher, too. I need to back this up just a bit. Okay, we're ready to go. Woo! Hour two dead ahead, the Michael Duke Show, Comet Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Feel free to give us a call if you'd like to sound off. Otherwise, we've got some other stories we're going to be hanging out with. And then Willie Waffle at the end of the hour. Let's get back to it. Hour two starts right now.
ready. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. It's my rifle, it's my gun, this is for the Firearms Friday. Firearms uh, Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here. On the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live from the cosmic hamlet by the sea. Uh, broadcasting, in fact, from the Cowboy Suite out there at Bear Creek Winery and Lodging in beautiful Homer down on East End, uh, where tomorrow they're going to have the big Bear Creek Music Festival. Now, this is a festival that benefits the uh, Scholastic uh, Scholarship Fund uh, for the kids uh, here in the uh, Homer area. Uh, it's a great fundraising event, lots of great music, Blackwater Railroad, and uh, just all kinds of stuff. It's going to be fun, uh, and I'm going to be emceeing that starting tomorrow at 1 p.m. So if you're down in the Homer area, uh, come on down. Get yourself some tickets and uh, help support a great cause. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun stuff. Uh, and uh, I'm just enjoying a beautiful picture. I can see the edges of the mountains up over the trees there in the beautiful Ketchumac Bay. It's beautiful, absolutely. Botanical gardens right outside my door. But it's Friday, and that means we got a chance to talk about issues related to the Second Amendment and more. We've been talking about some of the news stories this morning, um, including about some of the different injunctions. And quite honestly, I forgot to mention the there was another case that is um, that came out, which was the Britain case uh, that was being uh, prosecuted by GOA. They were the Tipton, not. Uh, uh, not Britain. It was T- Tipton case that was a uh, another case uh, that the gun owners of America had filed, and they also got an injunction. So, I mean, there are wins happening, folks, all across the country, uh, pushing back against the overreach by bureaucracies and ATF. And as I pointed out earlier, uh, their the EPA got their hand slapped for doing the same thing, and you're seeing more and more governmental agencies where their overreach, their bureaucratic overreach, because Congress has failed to do its job, is uh, the justices and the judges are starting to acknowledge that, that they that these bureaucracies do not have the legal right by fiat to make this stuff happen. That they that it, it's they're basically scolding Congress for not doing their jobs. Uh, shocker there, but that's that's what's happening right now. Uh, phone lines are open today. It's gun Q&A all day. There's no such thing as a dumb gun question. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And we got one call on hold, so uh, let's go over there and talk to our first caller for the day to see what they have to say. And we'll start right here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Brian calling you from the hook. 
Hello. Good morning, Brian. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm just sitting here wondering what I did wrong to deserve this kind of weather. I feel like maybe human sacrifice is going to be in order or something. It's going to be cool. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think you may have to ask some questions as to what did you do, sir? What did you do to bring this down on all of us? Uh, I'd like you to figure it out because, I man. Didn't, I, it didn't mean to kick the cat, but it walked in front of me. I know, really. Um, I'm laughing because your voice coming through on my phone sounds so much different than it does in the radio or in person. Oh. Um, I almost wouldn't recognize you. Oh, sorry about so that. So anyway, yeah. I, I know it's you, man. I just know it's you, and that's enough. Um <laughs> I was reading, and I, I'm scrolling through trying to find where I picked up this little bit, but I think it's over at uh, Gun Curious. Um, there's a couple links in there. He writes a pretty excellent piece on, on firearms training, which I would encourage people to uh, to go over and read. But one of the one of the observations, and I don't know if it's from him or from one of the links that he puts in his uh, in his piece, the number of guns that are stolen uh, from from vehicles is, you know, rising epidemically. No, that's not quite the right word, but it's rising precipitously, largely because of gun-free zones. Right. And I know that you've mentioned in, you know, the times when you, you hit the post office or someplace that's uh, posted as a uh, non-concealed carry space, a, a gun-free space. Right. You have to do something with that gun. And I, and I, and I have I have lock boxes in my truck. I've got lock boxes in my car. But my God, they're hard to, I mean, it's, they're not hard to get to. It's just, it's a big inconvenience sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I agree. And so you're just tempted, you, you're just tempted to slide it under the seat or, you know, take your chances and ignore the sign or, you know, having to lock it in the, in the trunk. Not not that I have trunks in one of my cars, but you know what I mean? You, yeah. you got to find a place to put it. That said, I would encourage people who do carry, um, and you know are out and about, and you got, you got to hit the post office. So there you go. You got to drop your you got to drop your weapon somewhere. So I would encourage people to buy quality lock boxes um, and and practice um, uh, clever, discreet unholstering and uh, and locking. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, I think concerning. But- yeah, no, I think that's a valid thing, Brian. I mean, I've often said that the gun-free zones do a lot of things. I mean, first of all, they create a, not only do they create a target-rich environment for somebody who wishes to do harm, but for the average criminal, they also create a veritable marketplace. Uh, I mean, if I was a criminal and I wanted a gun, I'd sit outside of a, bl- a bank or some other place that's marked as a gun-free zone, and I would just people watch until I could actually watch people disarm themselves and put it under the floor or in the glove box or in the trunk or whatever, and then you'd have the perfect opportunity to go pop some doors and, and you know, break some windows and get yourself a firearm very quickly. Uh, I mean, and you make a valid point to practice stealthily disarming yourself. Right. Um, and it, there's there's lots of issues with that. I mean, Brian, you know, every time, especially if you're in a seated position in a vehicle, holstering or unholstering your pistol, there's always a danger of because you can't see everything. You're not standing upright. You're not clear. You got stuff around you, the armrest or the belt buckle or whatever, the seat belt buckle. You know, there's always a, a higher rate uh, chance of negligent or accidental discharge in those kind of situations. So it really just kind of compounds all that. You need that. I mean, you're pointing out that it makes a good 
you know, a good practice. Um, and are your lock boxes mounted to the floor or, or where, I mean, are they, how are they, are they secured themselves or are they just a box that's free floating in the vehicle? Well, they're able to uh, structural member, usually the seat post or the yeah. seat slide of the, yeah. and, and it works, it works good in my truck because I can, it's just on the transom, slide it out, slide it back and it stays mostly out of view. Uh, the Mazda. <laughs> Not quite so much. Right, um, right. It's, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty awkward in there, um, and you know now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm not quite as flexible as I once was. So you know, having to lay across and you know, and at that point you're you're insanely vulnerable anyway because you're no longer paying attention to your surroundings. So right, no, it's a anyway, challenge. Just it is a challenge. I, I agree with you, it's my a friend. Big yeah, yeah. It, it's a huge challenge, and you know, if some gun, if some car manufacturer really wanted to uh, to help out, they could offer an option, you know, for the the gun friendly buyer out there to have a you know like a locking gun safe underneath it, like in, especially in the trucks where they've got the big deep consoles, where you could just have a you know there's a recessed thing in the very bottom, and you could put your gun in there. I mean, that would that would really and and they actually make replacement. Uh, I've seen some of those for like the yep. big bigger trucks yep. where. It looks like a console, and you just replace your current one with it, and it's got a lockbox at the bottom. That's the best thing. But yeah, it's like my Mini Cooper. There's not a lot of places you could put it in a Mini Cooper. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not a lot of space in there to do that kind of stuff. Nope, nope, not at all. So anyway, that's just kind of my admonition. You know, I, it's unfortunate that we're to that place uh, as a society where we have to lock and hide and do that all this this crap but you know as a, as a gun owner you also have a, a certain responsibility to secure your weapons oh yeah no absolutely i mean that's the thing you that is one of the prime responsibilities as a gun owner is to make sure that you know where that firearm is even if it's not on your person to know it's secure so that other bad people can't get it i think that that as you said that's a prime example of what we need to do so i'm with you i'm with you on that uh well brian thanks for bringing that up All right, let's do it let's do a happy Let's do a what? Let's do a Sundance all together, shall we? A do, Sundance. Oh, a Sundance? Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm going to go outside as soon as this is done and beg the maker to please bring some bring some sunshine. We just need, why hast thou forsaken me, dear Lord? Please bring me some sunshine. <laughs> please. Uh, I'm with you on that. Thanks, <laughs> Brian. I appreciate all it. Right, man, thanks. thanks for coming on board. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, you can give us a call right now. If you'd like to sound off 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Brian brings up an interesting point because, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I'm just going to go forth armed. I'm just going to, I'm just going to conceal carry. I mean, it's easy in this state because <clears throat> there's no requirement to have a permit. As long as you can legally own the firearm, you can carry concealed. Uh, but people don't think about the ramifications of things like, you know, that, for example, you have to go into a gun-free zone, you have to go into the post office, or you have to go into the courthouse or something like that. And they don't really give much consideration to, you know, what, how are you going to abide by those rules while still keeping safe yourself and maintaining the safety of your firearm? Um, and so you really have to kind of think through this stuff. You kind of really have to think about the ramifications of it and the technical aspects the mechanical aspects of it. How do you, you know, how do you do these things? 
Um, and Brian makes a valid point. You know, you should be, uh, be, because again, if you're a criminal and you're sitting off to the, to the side and you're watching people as they pull up and park and you see the guy, you know, lean forward, reach behind him, pull his arm up, looks like he pulls something out. You may not be able to see it, but you know, then he goes down underneath the seat. Pretty good guess. You know, that he's got a firearm that he's doing something with. Um, and so you, you know, what is your plan with that? You got a plan for everything else? Maybe. Have you thought about a plan for that? Which again is why I think this whole idea of a gun-free zone and the, especially in the States like New York and California, these other things where they're basically designated all these places as safe spaces is insane. Uh, once again, as you continue to draw your firearm, uh, over and over to draw and conceal it all the time. You know, there's always a chance of, you, you know, it, it, it raises and increases the chance of a negligent, a negligent discharge if you're not familiar enough with a firearm. And uh, that's why all this practice is important in the privacy of your own home, doing dry fire exercises, you know, holstering and presenting your firearm, um, you know, targeting, acquiring front sight, doing all those things. In the dry fire exercises, that's why that stuff is so important to develop that mu muscle memory and then to practice things like in your car, in, dr in dry fire mode, meaning empty pistol, the whole thing, to practice disarming yourself so in case you need to go into one of those places. Um, or for the most part, just avoid them. Go through the drive through at the bank. <laughs> that's what I do. I haven't been inside of a bank in a long time because I'm not going to disarm myself to walk in there. I just, I don't, I don't like that idea. Uh, all right. Uh, we got uh, one more call on hold. Let's see who's there before we get going on towards the break here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, good morning. This is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley. Hey, Rattles. What's the place up? where we still wave with all five fingers. Yeah, exactly. What's uh, what's going most on there? Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Hey, guys, now, look, you were talking about, about uh, uh, Obama, I mean, uh, uh, Biden's son there having an illegal firearm. You know, but look back a few years before that. Look what that Eric Holder and that Obama did. Huh? Their guns, you know, that, that Fast and Furious. Right, the gun uh, I don't know how many guns yeah. they took that. But are they arms dealers or what? Huh? <laughs> I mean, how many times has the federal government armed the wrong group of people and then blamed lawful yeah, right law-abiding gun owners? Health. Yeah. Yeah. And how many of them guns killed people? Well, we know, we know they and killed it. Yeah, we know they killed at least one Border Patrol, Brian Terry, which was the name of the Border Patrol agent that was killed with one of the guns from the Fast and Furious scandal. We know he killed at least one person, probably many, many more. Your criminals are your government. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to ask that question. That is 100% for sure. All right, well, thank you, Rattles. I appreciate you uh, calling in. Uh, folks, we got more coming up. We're going to continue here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. One more segment of Gun Stuff before we jump into it with Willie Waffle. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. With more Firearms Friday. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All right. We got one line on hold. Uh, We're going to go talk to them right now to get their name so we know who to talk to when we get back. Let's go over there. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? You want to mic it to Fred, but I don't know how you... Oh, good, Fred. Good. Uh, Hold the line, my friend. I'll be right back to you, okay? Okay. All right. Fred is over in Rhode Island, and we're going to be talking with him here in just a second. Meanwhile, let me pull the window back up with all the chats and everything else. Okay. Um, scrolling through, scrolling through. Oh. Uh, thank you, Brian, for the link to the uh, story about the uh, uh, firearm and possession. Um, going through, going through, going through. You drove to Homer? Yeah. Um, yeah, I drove to Homer. <laughs> What's in Homer besides weird political people? Uh, uh, natural beauty, great community, the ocean. I mean, what <laughs> What do you want, man? I mean, I drove, yes. I mean, don't you like to drive? Um. Uh, do we need an event sharing all our homemade items of bullet propelling capabilities? Okay. Um, just scrolling through all you guys have been talking here a lot here lately. Um, they have fresh snow on the mountains in Eagle river. (laughs) There's something so wrong with it, but it's global warming. I know. I know. Uh, the North Pole coffee tasted so good first thing this morning, said Chris. Um, Sackett creates agents, creates limits on the agency being able to expand their authority and make the violation criminal, too. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I think, again, that's going to be a good, that's kind of setting the tone and the precedent for all of these various agencies. Uh, they're going to be uh, having all that problem as we go through. Can we stop talking about hiding guns? Is that even a topic? Yes, it is, obviously. Why do you even come on Firearms Friday if all you want to do is bitch and gripe about everything that we talk about? Go eat some bacon. Go drink some more Folgers. Yes, it's an important topic because we're trying to obey the law. And should we just not talk about hiding guns? Should we just throw it in the passenger seat while we go into the bank or go into the go into the courthouse or go into some place where we're trying to be legal and lawful and law-abiding? Or should we talk about being smart about it? I mean, that's it. That's all I'm all I'm saying. Um, my trick is to actually never disarm. There's a lot of verified and empirical data that tells me that a gun-free zone is one of statistically most likely places I would be shot at. Better to be faced by a jury than uh, by a judge and jury than get dumped in a pine box. I mean, that's basically been my mantra for a long time. Unless I have to walk through a metal detector, uh, you pretty much figure that I'm armed pretty much anywhere I go. That's that's just how it works. Uh, Jeannie says she can't find a reasonable place in her any of her vehicles to stow a revolver that allows easy access and responsive access. A visible gun, a visible gun box in a vehicle is an invitation. 
uh, to a willing thief, my advice is keep it on you. And then if you have to go in an area where you can't keep it secured in a place where it has to be sought and lock it up. I mean, yeah, you're not going to find something like, you know, I see those things on Facebook all the time. Guy's got a gun lock on his dashboard where he just puts his, parks his gun and it just sits there at easy access. And yeah, right. I'm just going to take a crowbar, break your window and then peel that thing off the dashboard. I mean, none of that stuff makes sense. hundred percent on that. Uh, but you're right. It's, uh, you know, you should just carry it on you. That's what you should be doing here. Um, all right, here we go. We're coming up on it here. Uh, right now, the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio, like and share, like and follow, do the show page, do it all. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get it going on 20 seconds out right now. Too many windows, too many windows. Here we go. Mm, bomb. Okay, welcome back to the program. Finishing uh, things up here for Firearms Friday. We got this one final segment on gun discussions, and then we got Willie Waffle coming up for our weekend movie reviews. Meanwhile, uh, let's uh, let's go back to the phones with some phone calls. Our friend uh, Fred listens in every Friday over the internet all the way from uh, Rhode Island. Uh, so Fred in Rhode Island joins us this morning. Let's see what uh, is on his mind and what he has to say today. Good morning, Fred. What's uh, what's going on? Hey, come on, Mike. You know, there's no, you know, the old saying, especially the, uh, you know, from the criminal standpoint, you know, the mantra there. You know, for every problem, there's an opportunity, right? If you turn right. that around, sure. But if law enforcement point, that'd be a perfect opportunity for law enforcement to do something about the gun-free zones and the. Uh, People locking their firearms up in the vehicles, you know, to comply with the comply with the law. It's a sting operation. I mean, that'd be so simple, easy for them to do. They know that this goes on from time to time, unannounced in different locations. You send a team out, and you put a bait car out there with an individual who pulls in from time to time and tends to, uh, you know, store his firearm and goes into the building, and then have, you know, un- unmarked cars out there watching and waiting who approaches that vehicle and then nab them. That solves many problems. One, it gets the, it gets the crumb bums off the street to begin with. Well, and it, if you take you take the majority of them out of business, well, that solves a lot of the gun. That solves a lot of the opportunities for them getting firearms in the first place, and that will cut down on, on, on you know, the stolen guns getting into criminals' hands right. out in the community. Well, I mean, they'd have to, pro- first so of all, Fred, they'd have to prosecute the criminals who are actually doing that. And and what we're seeing in a lot of cases is there's kind of more of a soft on crime mantra. So that even that petty theft, even if it is of like a firearm and a weapon, seems to be getting a pretty low priority on the prosecution totem pole these days. Well, I was just going to mention that'd be the second thing you have to deal with. You have to deal with the, you know, the criminal justice system itself. You know, you pump up the laws. As to stolen firearms, and you know those who steal them, you know inc- definitely increase the penalties on that. You know, with a mandatory sentencing, with no plea bargaining available, 
and you know, and, just, and basically it just increased, you know, that the, you know, the overall law itself. You know, you get right. rid of a lot of this, you know, evolving to a judicial system. You know, right, right. Make, the only people out of the lawyers, especially the defense attorneys. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a, it's a walking, it's a walking cash cow for them. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's not something that we normally think about when we're talking about firearms and stuff like that, but it's something that you have to think about if you are going to carry concealed that you will be facing situations like this where you may have to go into some place where you have to disarm. And, I mean, what do you do? Just chuck it on the seat, chuck it under the seat, throw it in the glove box? I mean, all the places that would be easily thought of and and seen uh, you know, it, it, it makes it very simple. So you have to, you have to plan these things out ahead of time. If you're going to do that, if you've decided to carry concealed and just, you know, and, and make that decision better to do it ahead of time than have to try and decide in the moment, where do I put this gun? If I have to go into the post office or whatever, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge, but it's something that, you know, a lot of times you're not thinking about, and I haven't taken a concealed carry course in probably 20 years, but I don't know if they're even covering that in uh, local concealed carry courses or not. Maybe somebody in the chat room could tell me if uh, if they have lately, but it's an important thing. Sometimes it's the things that we don't think about that get us in the long run, Fred. Sure. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you're kind of like faced with at the moment and you have to deal with it. However, like I say, if law enforcement took a more active, active approach in apprehending the people who are committing these problems to begin with, it, you know, it would eliminate the problem. If nothing else, it will put the fear of God into them that every time that they think they're going to try to do that, somebody's, somebody's looking over their shoulder and just waiting for them to make the move. Right, just doing the thing. Yeah. Again, it's uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best, and all your surprises will be happy ones. So plan ahead is what's going on. Good enough. All right, Fred. Uh, all right, any, anything else for the weekend before I let you go? or? I think that's about it. I think that's about it for today. Okay, good. Well, it's good to hear from you, my friend. Thanks for calling in and joining us today. I really appreciate it. Always good to hear your voice from all the way out there in Rhode Island. Good to know we're still reaching out to people across the country. Thank you so much. That still works. Well, you have a good week. All right, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, I've got time for maybe one more call here before we run out of daylight for this segment. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, again, any topic is uh, fair game, and uh, any discussion or talking point regarding firearms is uh, is good. I'm I'm excited about it. I would love to hear what you have to uh, to talk about here. Let's go over to the phone, see if we can get this one in here, and see what's happening. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Steve calling from Fairbanks. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Uh, a couple quick things, uh, not to take a lot of time. Uh, one, a friend of mine going to a zoo years ago, he uh, he saw the no concealed carriers back in Colorado, secured his gun, a uh, SIG 220, in his trunk, and then came back out later and his trunk was open and the SIG was gone. So that whole notion of of uh, disarming or you know unholstering uh, subtly, uh, he missed that part. So right, anyway, right. that's just a little lesson. The other thing I want to do, this is an announcement. Uh, end of July, two-day event, July 28th July 29th, is the Alaska Peace Officer Association uh, Memorial Shoot. On the 28th, Glock will be coming up, and we'll be doing a demo. This is all out of the Fox range. And then on Saturday will be the actual Memorial Shoot. There's a fee for both. Uh, there's a $10 fee for the Glock demo shoot. 
and there's also registration for both. And there's a $50 fee for the uh, for the memorial shoot. However, uh, both events are free for APOA members, which is a $25 annual fee. So that that's actually the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Do the 25 uh, anyways, instead of the 60. Yeah. Exactly. So for more information, just Google ATOA, that's Alaska Peace Officer Association, um, FNC for Farthest North Chapter. That's us. Okay. And that's open to, it's open to all first responders and legally armed citizens. There will be uh, six stages. And uh, basically we're using uh, USPSA uh, safety rules and so forth. So oh, it's going to be a great time. How, yeah, registration is sounds- limited. Sounds like a lot of 45 people. 45 people. And you said Glock is coming up for a demonstration shoot with their latest and greatest? Yes, exactly. That's on Friday, uh, July 28th. And all all of this is at the Fox Range, which is uh, just outside of Fox, Alaska, just outside of Fairbanks. Just north of Fairbanks, yeah. Well, this sounds exciting. I mean, if I was up there, I definitely would want to come check that out because uh, just a chance to get my hands on some of the – newest stuff from Glock and to take a look and try it out, that would be amazing. And even if you only paid the 10 bucks, you'd be well money ahead there for sure. Um, all right, Steve. And so you got to register, register ahead of time online. And again, if you just go to APOA, uh, online.org is the website. And then look for farthest North chapter or for training events. It's a lot of fun shooting with law enforcement. Uh, they'll be in uniform with duty gear. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time. It really is. Well, that's cool. I enjoy that. I think that that would be amazing. I'll have to look to see if you guys are going to do something down in the Matsu area as well. I appreciate it, Stephen. Uh, I'll make sure folks get out there. Only 45 people can participate, so get ahead and go get your stuff done and uh, get registered right now. Thank you, Steve, for giving us the heads up on that. I really uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity, Michael. Thank hey, you. Anytime, anytime, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a heck of a that sounds like a heck of a deal. Uh, I uh, I would love to, uh, especially uh, you know when you I'd love to shoot with the law enforcement officers, but also just the whole thing with Glock coming up there and everything. It's so cool to be able to see and try and you know, uh, you know, test out even just you know to feel uh, the latest and greatest from Glock. They're one of my favorite manufacturers. I I really enjoy them so. Um, that would be a cool thing to do, but unfortunately I'm not going to be up in Fairbanks on the 28th, but otherwise I'd be registering, right? I'd be registering right now, registering right now to get her done, get her done. All right. Um, Oh, look at the time. Look at the time. We are coming up on the next break. We've got more uh, ahead here. Willie Waffle is going to be joining us, wafflemovies.com. He's going to come in and share with us uh, the weekend entertainment news, the streaming, um, and uh, more. That's all coming up here in just a second. Uh, Don't forget, uh, if you're going to be down in the South uh, Peninsula area tomorrow, I'm going to be emceeing the Bear Creek Music Festival here in support of the Student Scholarship Fund for the Homer uh, kids down here uh, in uh, beautiful Homer at Bear Creek. Uh, It all starts at 1 p.m. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com and uh, come down and join us. It'll uh, It'll be a fun time of music and friendship and supporting the kids. Back with more Willie Waffle up next. 
okay. Um, come on. There you go. Mm, yep, that one right there. Okay. I got to, I got everything got everything squared away. Let me go back over here to this next window. Okay. All the phone lines are gone. All right, let me go back to the chat room. <laughs> Again, you don't understand. Normally I've got, you know, a big wide screen that I can split into two pieces and I got two more screens up top and I got one in the back and I can do I could look at everything at a glance and now you got to tab through every window on earth to be able to see what's going on here. Um Except for the federal beef, they will flat ruin you financially and socially. Um, how many firearms and weapons of war did Biden leave to the Taliban? Oh, a few billion dollars worth. Um, gun curious. Thank you for the link on that, Brian. I appreciate it. Um, tomorrow, family restaurant, Matsu. Driving around in a car, who does that? I do that all the time. It's a thing. There's fresh snow at Arc Rose Ridge and Governor's Peak. Oh, oh. Um, have your Rottweilers. Throw it in the passenger seat and have your Rottweilers sit on it. Uh, remember the old steering wheel clubs? Just a tack weld a small, maybe just tack weld a small lockbox to one of those, maybe. Oh, man. Um, is that your summer buzz cut? Uh, this is my normal buzz cut. This is my normal high and tight kind of... You can't see it usually because I'm wearing big headphones instead of my earbuds. But this is how my hair is cut 90% of the time. Unless I let it go too long, which I have been known to do occasionally. Um... We cover that in every CCW class, Greg says. So good to know. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've attended a concealed carry class, but I think any instructor worth their salt would be having that discussion with their students is that you've got to plan on what's going on when you get out of the vehicle and if you have to secure it to go into a gun-free zone. I think that's an important, important, important part. Um, uh, let me go fondle um uh, okay so you guys are yeah we're all caught up oh we're all caught up e. getting ready getting ready ready to do our thing um so what what are you guys doing this weekend i mean i'm already in my mind, I'm already moving on to, uh, we're going to do the movies and stuff, and then I'm moving on to the rest of the day. i got a full day ahead of me. What are you guys planning this weekend? Anything Anything good? Anything, I mean, what's happening? Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, I mean, I want to know. Who's, who's going to be coming down here to join me to watch the Bear Creek thing? They're going to have so much good stuff. Uh I just got a list of partial list of a lot of the auction items that they're going to be uh, auctioning off for the benefit, and uh, and then some great uh, some great music and some great food and some great wine and um, I'm hoping just fingers crossed that it turns out to be a partially nice and sunny day tomorrow, especially since I wore shorts and I only brought I only brought my shorts I didn't. 
I was going to throw my pants in there like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be brave. It's going to be warm. And, uh, yeah. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I can't wear my fleecy. I do have fleecy pants, but you can't wear fleecy pants on stage. Fleecy. I was in my fleecy pants. (laughs) I mean, I suppose I could wear my fleecy pants on stage, but how would I live with myself later on? I no, I no idea, no idea whatsoever. Uh, Brian's mucking out his shop and rearranging the bedroom a closet to make life easier. Yeah, I, I need to be doing a lot more cleaning myself um, in the coming weeks. Uh, Jeannie is starting your outdoor outdoor kitchen. Oh, you got to tell me more about that. What is the outdoor kitchen? Maybe MD needs a CCW refresher course. I could. I mean, I wouldn't say no to it. Um, we are spandex on stage. <laughs> well, that's nice. I could wear my fleecy pants, but probably not all that appropriate. Fleecy pants are only for Walmart. I swear to God, I went to Walmart. I hardly ever go to Walmart, but I went there about, I don't know, it was about a month ago. I remember I needed for something that only they specifically had. And, you know, you always make the joke about the Walmart people on YouTube or on the internet or whatever. And I swear to God, I still saw a couple people that were like literally walking around in their pajamas with slippers on. I'm like, who goes to the store in, do you, I mean, come on, people. Do you have no self-respect? I just, I don't under, I can't even, I can't fathom it. I just can't fathom it. All right. Uh, my phone is buzzing. We're ready to go. We're coming back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow, do it all. Okay, let's finish up, shall we? Get ready for the weekend. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's here to tell us all about the good stuff, including entertainment news and the streams. We got some stuff on the streams, but first, let's get to the news. Hello, Willie. How you doing, my friend? I'm feeling pretty good. I am so overjoyed to tell you some of the news that happened this week. You are so excited. All right, so first things first, I guess... (laughs) I know what you're going to tell me first. Um, because Adrian, they're bringing me back, Adrian. <laughs> already, already. We talked about this last week, but they're already going to do it. That's right. The Family Stallone reality show has already been picked up for season two. Paramount Plus is claiming that it is the most watched original reality series in the history of Paramount Plus. <laughs> but they won't actually like release numbers and messages. Sure. Just- Take their word for it. Right, the marketing department dreamed that up. I'm sure there's nothing to that at all. Um, (laughs) I mean, you watched it. We talked about it. I'm not going to watch it. But, uh, you know, I guess I still can't believe how um, popular reality TV is. Of all, I mean, because we all know that reality TV, there's nothing reality about it. But we're still sucked in. Why? Why, Willie? Why is that the way? Yeah, I don't get it because... You know, I, I'm with you. We know it's all fake. We know it's all it's all written. Uh, you know, we I, I and well, I think part of it, too, is it looks very successful because as the audience splinters 
that small number of people that are just dying to learn more about the Kardashians or just dying to learn more about the Stallones looks big. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. Well, and usually it's cheap to produce. Yeah. So, you know, like, like Paramount plus has to love that. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is happening more and more. Now these companies are really trying to take their original streaming product and put it on like their cable channels and stuff. Right, right. And, and, and Family Stallone's a great example. This is also airing on MTV every week. Right, right. Well, I, I guess it'll be more power to the people. I mean, congratulations for them. Good for them. They're, they're going to get another season. Okay. Um, Martin Scorsese has decided that uh, he's got a great story that's never been told, or the greatest story that has been told, or the he's got a story. Martin Scorsese, after visiting with the Pope last weekend, has announced he's going to make a movie about Jesus Christ. Now, remember, he made a movie about Jesus Christ once before. Do you remember 1988? Do you remember The Last Temptation of Christ? Yeah. Do you remember the controversy and how Martin Scorsese had to hire bodyguards for a long time just because he couldn't get around without worrying about somebody coming after him? <laughs> so he's going to give it another run here. Right, right. He, he, he says, you know, well, you know, he, he, he had this meeting with the Pope and, uh, you know, they had a conversation. It was a private meeting and and the Pope uh, encourages him and other artists to let us, quote unquote, see Jesus. And so, you know, Scorsese, who, who is a very religious person, uh, you know, he, he did. He uh, just a few years ago made that movie Silence, right. uh, which was about, you know, persecution of Je Jesuit Christians in Japan in the 17th century. I mean, you know, he's touched on this before and he says that this, this is going to be his thing. He's going to write and produce and direct a movie about Jesus. Now, I don't know what the story will be. But it'll be interesting because, you know, fun. He's Martin Scorsese. Well, I mean, he's a brilliant filmmaker. But, yeah, I mean, the misstep with The Last Temptation was, uh, I mean, I just, you know, I don't even know. Yeah. But I think it was a movie that couldn't come out at that time. You know, I, I think, you know, when you think about the, the, the religious right and, and the rising of the religious right in the 80s um, and, and kind of the, the born-again Christian movement, um, the idea that Scorsese was trying to present a movie about challenges to faith by arguing or, or hypothesizing that Jesus also has been tempted and also had to overcome temptation did not sit well with people. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, you, you know, if you read, if you, if you read the book, it, uh, I mean, you have to read between the lines, but he was obviously tempted, right? I mean, so I'm sure it was every kind of temptation you could come up with, uh, that, and so, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see what the story is. I mean, I thought Mel Gibson with a passion did an amazing job with that. I don't yeah. know if you could redo that. Um, I think that that's, that's trodden ground, but uh, we'll have to see what he brings to the table. All right. Um, I know you want me to go to the one thing that you've been just dying to talk about, but what else we got in the entertainment news before I let you off the leash? So is it time for me to talk about my favorite story? Okay. Is it time? <laughs> It's time. All right, it's time. it's time. Go ahead. All right, go ahead and talk about it. 82, I'm sorry, 83-year-old Al Pacino this uh -huh. week yeah. announced that he's going to be a brand new daddy. 
This reminds yep. me. What was the? Yep. I can try to remember what the movie line was. Was that? Hey, Charlie Chaplin had kids when he was. Oh, his friend Harry met Sally. Charlie Chaplin had a kid when he was eighty-three years old. Yeah, but he was too old to pick him up. I mean, you know, is that? <laughs> is that is that what I mean? Is that what we're dealing with here? I mean, that, Al Pacino. What, what the heck? Al Pacino. You know, it will be baby number four, and uh, the mother is his gal pal, his uh, longtime rumored girlfriend. Well, long time, like two or two, two, two or three years. The twenty-nine-year-old uh, <clears throat> TV producer Jeez. Nor Alfala, okay. who is currently eight months pregnant. And um, you you might remember her name because a few years ago, before she dated Al Pacino, um, she was dating Mick Jagger. Ah, I see. (laughs) I see where this is going. Now, they've already started to spin this, okay? Like, I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like, like all of her friends and all of her contacts, they've they've been working a publicity kind of push for her, uh, pointing out that she is an oil heiress. She kind of has her own money already. And maybe she just likes older guys. Yeah. Okay. I'll um. Uh, I'll buy that for a dollar. All right. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, sure. Hey, whatever. Well, obviously, she really likes Al Pacino. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat, baby. That's uh, whatever you want to do. That's great. Uh, and so it's all acknowledged. It's all good. They got a name. What's what? What's the deal? Uh, you know, don't know a name. Don't know uh, a a sex. We just know that. The magic moment is is a month or a month and a half away, and uh, you know the, the kid the kid will not even be out of high school by the time Al Pacino hits a hundred years old. Why are we talking about this? I mean, why do we even care? But I mean, you know, I guess it's boy, it's so tawdry to talk about that kind of stuff. All right, and... you know, but here's the funny part. Yeah, remember Robert De Niro announced a few weeks ago that he also has a brand new baby. Yeah, and, and you you just you see Al Pacino picking up the phone going. Hey, guess what, Bobby? Yeah. I'm going to top you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was out, and then they pulled me back they in. Pulled back in. Uh, all right. Anything else on the entertainment news front before we jump over to the movies? Uh, you know, the only thing I would point out, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the king. He has defeated the queen on Netflix. Arnold Schwarzenegger's new s- series, FUBAR, was the top-rated series on Netflix this weekend ending the three-week reign of Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Oh, man. Okay, I, I saw the trailer for it. It looks interesting, so we'll have to see what it looks like. I, it is a typical Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, except it's an eight-episode series. Hey, I'm, so, you know, I'm okay with if that. If you like Arnold, you'll like this. I'm I mean, okay it, with it's that. It's kind of goofy. It's silly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got lots of really bad, over-bombastic action, sure. Uh, you know, and, and you know, Arnold still maybe isn't always the most sensitive to the ladies. Yeah, of course <laughs> not. Know? Yeah. Is it got but bad I, puns? Is it got bad puns? That's all I want to know. Uh, it's, it, it, they literally start the whole series with just a <laughs> list of them. Okay? Like, they know what you're there for. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that's great. Arnold, I'm going to, it's on my to watch list. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's move over to, uh, the movies. we got about uh, four and a half minutes here. Um, I know that, uh, you always love to start out with blood and gore and horror, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. Ah. Now. Okay. So tell me all about this one. Straight from Stephen King, baby, and uh, you know, it is the story of a recently widowed therapist uh, and, and his two daughters. And uh, wouldn't you know it, they they live in this big, creepy old house that just screams, "This house is haunted." And and not only that, he's a therapist, 
and right. his patients come over to the house. Oh, and they and 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 one just came over to the house and was t- is telling him that you know he's not the reason his children were murdered. It was the boogeyman. And wouldn't you know it? All of a sudden, start things start happening around the house. The creepies, the crawlies, the things that go creaky and crack cracky in the night. And uh, well, the boogeyman's coming after. <laughs> Well, I mean, Stephen King, uh, there hasn't been really a new Stephen King movie in a long time. Uh, there's been a couple like made for TV series and some other stuff, but really nothing big. What uh, what do you say on The Boogeyman? You know, this is actually pretty good. I mean, it was really supposed to be a streaming movie and uh, it got such a good, good uh, kind of good reactions and test screenings that they decided to go for it. And, you know, I think that 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 kind of smaller scale helps it. You know, it really is trying to build on mood is really trying to, you know, kind of ratchet up the, the creepiness and ratchet up the danger and ratchet up the horror, you know, minute by minute, slowly until you get the big reveal. And that's when it kind of maybe feels a little bit of a letdown because, you know, you are thinking about what the boogeyman looks like the entire movie. Right. And let's face it, reality can never beat your imagination. Oh, yeah. Your imagination but, always does better. That's why, you know, yeah. radio, theater of the mind, it's always different. You know, my boogeyman is different than your boogeyman kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm going three waffles and keep your eyes open for Vivian Lyra Blair as the little girl who's the most awesome, scared little girl in the world. And we know this because she was also Princess Leia in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and we loved her there, too. Oh, wow. So she, a good, she's got some chops. Because that, that, oh, yeah. that girl in the Obi-Wan series, she definitely was not, uh, it, she was not bad. Let's put it that way. It's good. Oh, no, she was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, all right. And now for you Marvel-verse fans, we've got the latest, uh, it's the anime. It's the, what, the Isai Morales uh, 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 Into the Spider-Verse uh, animated uh, movie, which is, I didn't realize what a big deal it was until my kids were like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, it's so great, I'm like, okay, so I watched it, I was like, wow, that was actually really great, the first one, so this is a continuation, is this a sequel, what's going on here? So this is a sequel, and I think it's just as fantastic as the first one, I really do, you know, it, it's set like a year after that movie, which came out, you know, what, two or three years ago, actually, I think even longer than that, uh, but, uh, you know, yes, we, we revisit Miles Morales. You know, now it's a year later. He's starting to grow into becoming Spider-Man. But, you know, because he's still in high school, we, we see him with the traditional Spider-Man troubles, right? He's trying to balance his parents and right. school and yep. trying to be a teenager. And, uh, and now there is a threat that's even bigger than any of them. There is a man who wants to take over all the multiverses and uh, all the Spider-Men and ladies and Gwen Stacy's are going to have to join together. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. I, I mean, I got to be honest. I mean, normally, well, who am I lying? I've been watching a lot of the Star Wars uh, uh, animated shows lately just to kind of get a backfill of uh, some of the old. St- some of that stuff is really good. Um, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. And the first Spider-Verse movie was a good addition to the canon of the Marvel Universe. I uh, Especially the multiverse, because it's not Peter Parker, it's Miles Morales, which is a different from a different universe, and I and I, I I really appreciated that. Well, and I I just love how it looks. I mean, it looks like a comic book has come to life right. on the screen. Yeah, and and I just I love the way they do that. The way they use the the darks and the lights. The way they have the colors changing according to the mood and the tone of the characters in the background. You know, yeah. the the 
the whams and the bams and the pows, except, you know, not that obvious, but, you know, drawn the drawn action the way you would find it in a comic book. And, yeah. and I just, I think it's brilliant. I think it's beautiful. I think it's three and a half waffles. Oh, not bad. That's good stuff. All right, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Uh, three and a half waffles for Spider-Man and three waffles for the Boogeyman. Uh, Spider-Man beats Boogeyman every time. That's what I hear. I hear that that answer. Uh, what are we doing next week, quickly? That would be Transformers. They're back again. Is it okay? Is it a, is it a reboot or are we waiting for just do it? Are we waiting for uh, the kid to come back or Megan Fox it's or what? Kind of a kind of a reboot. It's just kind of. You know, they're cashing in, baby. I don't know how else to put it. All right. <laughs> WillieWaffleWaffleMovies.com. Folks, we're out of time for today. We will see you back on Monday. Don't forget to catch me tomorrow if you're in Homer at the Bear Creek Winery Music Festival benefiting the Kids Scholarship Fund. I'll be down here uh, doing that tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind. Love one another. And live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Or Monday. Or tomorrow. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show